It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome back to the Hulkcast. As the rest of the team have jetted off for their pre-season holidays, I am back at the Hulkcast HQ putting in the hard work in order to prepare in the best possible way for next season. And there is no better way to prepare for next season than to look at Aston Villa's first incoming of the transfer window, Yuri Tielemans. Now, of course, I wouldn't expect you lot to sit and listen to me ramble on for the whole episode, which leads me to drafting in the big guns. I'm delighted to welcome back to the channel Leicester City's athletic correspondent, Rob Tanner. How are you, Rob? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Let's get straight into it then. Obviously, Yuri Tielemans is joining Aston Villa on the 1st of July after the expiration of his contract at Leicester. What are your general thoughts about it? Um, Well, this has been rumbling on now for about two years. Um, Leicester wanted him to commit to a new contract. Uh, He was reluctant to do so. Um, I think his advisors uh, were suggesting that, uh, you know, one of the big six Champions League type clubs would would come in for him. And he was linked with Arsenal for a while. But every transfer window comes and goes and uh, it just wasn't, nothing ever happened. Nobody inquired for him. Nobody offered, made any offers for him. Um, So I think it's a good deal for for Villa to pick him up on on a free. I mean, they are on a upward trajectory and Leicester obviously we know they've fallen through the trapdoor I mean it's been a strange time covering them for the last two years or so but uh yeah it's a it's, it's a shame for, for for Leicester obviously that such quality players have are moving on for nothing I mean they've they released seven players because they're all out of contract and we're reluctant to sign new deals and uh, they recruited the seven for a total of you know 100 million so um yeah it's not been great business for Leicester and Tielemans was was up there. I mean, I think he signed for thirty two million from Monaco, rising to forty million with add ons. And I suspect with what he's achieved at the club, it would be up near that forty million pound mark. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you mess you mentioned him joining Leicester. That was back in twenty nineteen after his sixth month loan spell. How how would you sum up his time at the club? Obviously, he won an FA Cup and he's he's played in Europe for you. How would how would you describe it? I think he's been very successful. I think he's uh, been a great signing for them. I mean, when he first came in, we didn't know much about him. And I was uh, working at the Leicester Mercury newspaper at the time. So I was trying to find out as much as I could about him. He'd sort of fallen out of favour at Monaco. And the French journalist I spoke to was saying, you know, he, he's not one for, for, he won't settle in England because he's not one for, for tackles and challenges and the physical side of the game. He's a good technical player, but he's not a battler. Um, so why he's gone to England, they didn't know. Um, but then he come over and he had an instant impact in that loan spell. He really did look the real deal. I remember one performance at Tottenham when they were up playing at Wembley where he looked um, he looked incredible. And I thought, well, this is only a loan. Leicester ain't, are not going to be able to sign this this guy. Somebody else, is, a bigger club's going to come in for him. Um, but then Brendan Rodgers came in towards the end of that season uh, and, and got, was getting the best out of him. And they made sure they got the deal done. I mean, they just didn't quibble. They just paid what was, they needed to pay to get him in. They they rated him that highly. And that first season, 
after his permanent transfer, it wasn't quite as spectacular. But then we saw, you know, as he built into that second campaign and uh, the success he had then, the, 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 how important a player he, he was. And, he, and towards the end, um, even though he wouldn't commit to a new contract, uh, Brendan still had a lot of faith in him to the extent where he was giving him the captain's armband and asking him to lead him. And that, that, you normally, if a player, you feel a player isn't committed to the cause, you wouldn't make them captain. So he obviously felt he still was fully committed to Leicester, even though he seemed determined to to move on at the end of his contract. And yeah, it's um, it's sad the way it's ended in a way, because I know there's a, a, a lot of vitriol from some Leicester fans. Obviously, they're still hurting after relegation. So they're hitting out a little bit and um, he's an easy target because he wouldn't commit and they paid a lot of money for him and he's gone. But I, th- I hope they look back on what he's achieved at Leicester and that period of success and um, and cherish it long term. I think they will. Time will be a great healer. You mentioned the not committing and you mentioned the stick that he's perceived from some of the Leicester fans from his departure. And I put a message into our group chat um, for the Hulk cast, just asking if they had any questions for you. And one of the ones that came up was um, from Tom, and he said he's interested to know your take on the perception of his attitude slash effort problems around Tielemans this season. Is it a byproduct? And don't take this the wrong way. He said, is it a byproduct of Leicester being shite or something to potentially be <laughs> concerned about? No, uh, no, I, I don't. I didn't see any evidence of a lack of commitment from Yuri. Um, Obviously, there was a lot more things going wrong at Leicester City over the last two years than than just like one player not wanting to sign a new contract. There was numerous players that didn't want to sign new contracts. They all felt like they wanted to move on. Um, it just came to the end of its natural cycle. And uh, I think Yuri felt that as well. He probably felt he'd, he'd achieved as much as he possibly could at Leicester City. And arguably, he's right. Um Played in Europe, got to a European semi-final, won the FA Cup, scored the winning goal in the FA Cup final. Uh, what more could a, a club of the size of Leicester achieve? He probably thought, even though they'd won the title in 2016, I don't think anybody expected that to be repeated. And they came so close to the Champions League on two occasions and dropped out in the last few games of both campaigns. So that must have been very disappointing for him as well, because you know, because he wanted to play in the Champions League. Uh, but he also wanted to stay in the Premier League because, uh, let's face it, that's where the big money is uh, in terms of looking after your family. And he's got a very young family and he's very family orientated, is Yuri. Um, so his his main goal would have been to stay in the Premier League and join a club that was challenging for Champions League. Now, he probably looked at Villa um, coming in for him and thinking the way they've gone under Unai Emery, then uh, there's a good chance they could push for European football again next season and possibly possibly Champions League and that's why he's joined them. You really do flatter us Rob. <laughs> um, you mentioned having European experience and one of the things that I was bashing on about and one of the reasons why I was really upset that Ashley Young has departed is for our first season since 2010 back in Europe I feel as though it's vital to have those sorts of characters who have been there and done it almost in Europe and have have managed to play on the biggest stage and Yuri Tielemans is one of them for me, playing in Europe with Leicester. And I don't want to sidetrack too much, but again, that's why I think that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, although frowned upon by a lot of Villa fans, would actually be a really useful squad depth signing. signing. Just how how much 
can he impact Villa's European hopes with his with his knowledge and almost being there, done it? And of course, he's part of the Belgium golden generation or so-called golden generation. They haven't really hit those heights yet. But um, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of experience now. Uh, he's played on, on some big stages. Um, I think ideally, clubs like Aston Villa, clubs like Leicester, clubs like Brighton, they'll want to try and pick um, players up when they're on that upward trajectory so they can improve and develop and become assets and improve in value. Obviously, that's not been the case in terms of Yuri, in terms of the value, because they, they obviously he's gone for nothing. They spent nearly £40 million on him. Um, but he, he, is, he does bring experience. He does bring a level of leadership. He's not a, a vocal guy by any stretch of the imagination. He's not, you know, going to be. Don't expect McGinn. That's I would say to you. Don't expect somebody like that, who you know is obvious how committed he is because he runs around and gets himself involved in everything. Yuri's is not that. He's he's more of a, of a very intelligent sort of player. He, uh, he uh, Brendan used to call him the coach on the pitch, and he used to uh, use him as a conduit to the rest of the team to get tactical changes through to him. You know, he, he's quite a thoughtful guy. Um, he understands the game, even though he's young. You just look at how many games he's played. Just look how many games he's played out through his career. And he, and he played, I mean, you compare him with Vardy and Vardy didn't even become a professional footballer until he was like mid twenties. I mean, by the time he was mid twenties, Yuri had played some like 300, 400 games, professional games, you know, he's, so he's vastly experienced in that sense. And obviously, he's experienced football in different environments as well. So he brings all that, but he isn't going to be that sort of character that stands in the middle of the dressing room and demands more from everybody around him. He 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 will try and influence things quietly. Um, it'd be interesting to see what role he actually does play at Villa in, in that setup, um, because uh, as I said, he's not he's not a screamer or a shouter by any stretch of the imagination. And he doesn't run around the pitch like an idiot as well. And, and get himself involved in everything as well. He just he play goes through his game very calmly, dispassionately almost, I would say, um, methodically. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what role he's given. I'm really glad you mentioned just the number of games that he's played because I looked it up and when he signs, he will be the player with the second most appearances as a footballer just behind Philippe Coutinho in our squad. And at just 26 years old, that almost blows your mind. He's obviously yeah. played centre <laughs> mid and CDM. And you mentioned the role that he's going to play and you you actually name dropped John McGinn. And that leads me into my next question is, where do you think that he could play in this Villa setup? Because at the moment, if I was to describe it, Villa like to set up in almost a 4-4-2 under Unai Emery with four holding midfielders. So we play with Jacob Ramsey, Bubakar Kamara, Douglas Louise, and John McGinn. Now, I I can't see, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't see Tielemans being the player that drops either Douglas Louise or Bubakar Kamara. I, I think that we need to build our squad around them for next season. However, Jacob Ramsey and John McGinn are the two players that have almost been playing in the in the winger position, but not as a winger, if that makes sense. And I look at Tielemans and I don't see a player that would be better playing out wide. So how do you think that he would possibly fit into that system? I think he's different to all of them. And that's why Villa have signed him because he gives you options. Uh, he will play centrally. He can't. I've never seen him play wide. Uh, I've seen him play as an eight. I've seen him play deeper. I personally think he's better deeper when he's got time on the ball. 
um, to pick passes because he's got great vision. You'll see that he's, what his strengths are and you'll see what his weaknesses are. And his strengths are uh, he is the conduit. He, he at his best, when he ticked, he made Leicester tick. Um, everything went through him. And and it, whilst Madison was at the other end of the pitch, uh, making assists and scoring goals, and Yuri certainly got a goal in him, spectacular goals at times. Uh, he he was probably better when he was getting on the ball and dictating the game. So he would probably sit a bit deeper centrally, alongside somebody who's going to do all the you know the dirty work for him, the grinding, and. Um, that that's probably at his best, but th- there's also I always say that there's also always something missing from a player's game that stops them getting to that very very top level. And with Yuri, it's his physicality, it's it's that um, burst of aggression and energy that can get him into situations and and stop attacks from the opposition. And it, it, I would advise any Villa fan if they want to know uh, the best and the and the worst in a way of Yuri's to watch the two semi-finals against Roma of the Conference League and the job that Pellegrini did on him. Uh, he was playing deep at the time and and Roma knew that um, Yuri was the, 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 the quarterback, to use that phrase, for Leicester. So whenever they didn't have possession, Pellegrini would go and sit on Yuri and just stifle him and, and, and wouldn't let Leicester play through him. You know, they, he just cut that off. But as soon as they turned the ball over in the transition, Pellegrini would run and attack the back four, and he would be, and Yuri wouldn't be able to keep up with him. Um, and, and and that happened in both legs of the semi final, and I thought it was key to the outcome. Um, so he, he although he, I, I say he's probably best being that, that that dictating play from a deeper position, he also lacks that physicality uh, at times to really be. Like the modern midfielder has to have a lot of physicality. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne has got it, and he's for me, he's probably the best in the world at the moment in midfield. Um, you know, box to box, he can put his foot in. He can, but he can also dictate. He can score. He can beat people. Um, Yuri can do a lot of those things, but some of those things are, are not his strongest strength. And, and this goes back to what I was being told when he came from Monaco that you know he didn't lack. He he, he didn't have that combative nature i mean he can put his foot in at times but it's not it's not a strength of his naturally it's not a strength of his he's not a natural to me an athlete he's very professional looks after himself he was always one of the first ones in at the training ground he'd come in and do extra gym sessions before the main train uh, training session you know he'd come in do his gym have his breakfast go out and train uh he would do extras afterwards as well and just go home and spend time with his family. So he's very dedicated, very professional, but I just don't think he's naturally th- that strength of of player that, you know, will, like a Steven Gerrard, burst from box to box, but can do the defensive side as well as the, you know, the attacking side as well. So he needs a little bit of help around him. So my concern with Villa playing a 4-4-2, if he plays in the central area, he's got to have somebody who's going to be, you know, very combative alongside him, I, I would suggest, uh, and somebody that's going to allow him to to, to be that uh, playmaker. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One thing that Villa fans love most about Unai Emery is his professionalism, how he's the first one in and last out. So if that's the same with Yuri, then it, it seems to me that he, he should go down a tree. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I think I'll have to edit that a bit out where you mentioned about how Pellegrini did a job on him just in case any opposition managers are listening. <laughs> we don't, we don't want them getting the jump on us just yet. Um, now, what what is his ceiling? How how far can he go with this team? Because you mentioned having someone alongside him, and for me, picturing that that player is Bubakar Kamara in my mind. Mm. So, you know, it is really exciting to hear all this stuff. But just how far do you think he can go as an individual? Well, as I said about you know ceilings in in players' careers, I think a club like Villa is probably the highest he can go. Personally, you know, he could prove me wrong, but um, I think. Sorry that to jump it, in. Can I can I ask you why? Just because he's he's been linked with Arsenal and you know, the, clubs yeah, abroad, there might like be links. There might be links, but that doesn't mean there's truth in them. Uh, there might be players, uh, sorry, uh, clubs that might admire him from afar, but it's very different from saying, yeah, he's a decent player, but he's probably not what we need, or he's missing this, or he's lacking that. We 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 want the full package. That's probably why I think he, a club like when he was at Leicester was perfect for him when he come in. He was going to play every week. He was going to be an important player for him. Aspirational club, challenging the big six, going for Europe. That's what Leicester were like until this season. Uh, Villa are that now. So in many ways, it's I wouldn't say it's a sideways step, but it, it's it's a similar journey for him now. To go to Villa and he's going to go into a club that isn't going through the traumas that Leicester have gone through in the last couple of years with financial fair play and all that. He's going into a club that is on the, the up like Leicester were three, four years ago. And he's coming into a side that's full of confidence, that have been well led by a good manager, tactically a very astute. He will be Emery's uh, coach on the pitch, just as he was Brendan's coach. So it's a very similar situation. Um, to what he found at Leicester. But then the next step would be to go to a, a Liverpool Arsenal where he may not play every game, where he, 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 he would be in and out, where, you know, th- those deficiencies might be exploited a little bit more. Uh, he wouldn't be the main man. So actually, I think it's a pretty good move for him. Um because those those moves, those big six clubs haven't come in for him over the last two years when it's been pretty widely known that he's available. And if anybody wanted him, they would have come in and, and I'm sure Leicester would have done a deal with with somebody to get recoup some of the money they paid for him. So 
this is probably his level. Villa pushing now European qualification, European experience, trying to to disrupt the established elite of English football. That's probably where Yuri is best at. You mention you mention his weaknesses there, and you mention the things that you believe that he could improve on. But having watched as much of him as you have, there'll be no one better, in my opinion, to to notice his positives and his strengths. Mm-hmm. So, say in an alternate universe, it's the start of the Premier League season. And you wake up and you are Unai Emery and you are getting ready for that first game of the season. Focusing just on Tielemans, how do you utilise him, knowing what you know about him, to attract his best performances? Well, I would encourage the team to, to, to use him, try and get him on the ball as much as possible because he's great at picking passes. I mean, he, he plays this wonderful blind pass where he's not even looking at the player he's delivering the ball to. You know, we're looking somewhere else and he can play a blind pass, he can play a through ball. He's excellent at that. He's just very good at just keeping the ball moving as well, playing through the lines. Um, And also, he scored some spectacular goals. I mean, I'm not just talking about the FA Cup final winner, which was a great strike. Two this season were top draw as well against Wolves and Everton. You know, anywhere around 20, 25 yards out, if you give him time to shoot, he he, he will hit the target, invariably hit the target, make the goalkeeper work and occasionally pick out the top corner. You know, he uh, I've mentioned the deficiencies that I feel stop him from going to the, one of those big, big six clubs, but he's got so many other qualities that are um, top draw. And that's why Leicester spent all that money on him in the first place, you know, and gave him a chance in the Premier League. And I think that's what a little bit why Leicester fans feel a little bit let down now, because they could pre not 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 only because he didn't sign a new contract and he wanted to leave, but they know what they're they're losing. They're losing a top top player, um, a, a top professional, um, a, a nice lad as well. Very nice lad, uh, very amiable. Um, will get on with everybody in the dressing room. Won't cause any trouble whatsoever. He'll just be very professional about how he goes about his business. He'll be understated. He won't be, you know, you won't be reading a lot of um, headlines about him. Lives his life very, very quietly. So there's a lot of qualities about him that are to be admired as much as I've mentioned that the areas that probably need improvement if he's really to go to that next level. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And this is Perhaps a more difficult question for you, and you don't have to answer if you don't feel like it. But if if you could have one parting message for for Yuri, say he was listening now, what would that be? I'd be thank you for the FA Cup final. What an experience that was! I mean, Leicester had never won the FA Cup ever. I mean, Villa, you know, I've got a great history of winning the FA Cup. They've lifted that trophy was it seven times? Yeah, I'm, Leicester- I'm still yet to see it. Yeah, but Leicester had never won it. It got to the final so many times and they held the record for the most amount of final appearances without ever having lifted it. And it just, that day just seemed to be, it meant, it was meant to be, if you know what I mean. The fact that Yuri was wearing the number eight shirt, which was, uh, is seen as a lucky number in Thailand. And Kun Vichai would have been, the the, the late chairman would have been 63 that year. And Yuri scored in the 63rd minute. And there was a big banner in the top tier of Wembley uh, of Kunvichai looking down on them uh, because obviously there was hardly any fans in the ground. We were just coming out of COVID, which caused a lot of problems for Leicester City. Um, 
yeah, it, 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 yeah, that was just an amazing moment. And there's been so many little moments where I've gone, wow, this this he's some player. He's a good player. So yeah, it would just be um, thank you for those memories. I mean, it's been it's been special to to to, to cover Leicester Watts. He's been performing at that level. That is really touching, actually. And and just before we wrap this episode up, let's talk about Leicester as a whole. What are you what are you hoping for next season? Obviously, there's a lot of links managerial wise. There was the mm. links with Gerard, but it now looks as though he's going to Saudi Arabia. Could Dean Smith possibly stay? I've seen Scott Parker mentioned. How, mm. how are you preparing for the championship? Is it too early to say what you're hoping for next season? Well, obviously, but my hope is they go straight back up. Um, uh, professionally as much as anything but for also for the fans I mean it's you know I work for the Athletic I'm a one club reporter and it, it's obviously better to be in the Premier League than the Championship so an instant return would be great for me on a personal level uh, but they've got a lot of work to do a hell of a lot of work to do I mean they've seven players including Yuri have already left because they're into the contracts I've got another eight I think that are um, in the last year of their contracts. Johnny Evans in, is in contract negotiations. He's out of contract. They haven't got a manager in yet. They're in the process now. They've been through the interview process. You know, there are a number of uh, individuals that are being pushed. So we'll see what happens there. Dean has had talks with the club, um, but I'm, I'm not sure he's going to get the job permanently. I think they've probably got other, other options that they might want to explore before. How him. do you think he fared? Well, I thought he came in and he was really positive. And this was the thing about Brendan. Brendan had a great success at the club, but his his the messages that he was giving out in the last year, and it's this went back to last season actually, but it really sort of escalated in pre-season when he realised he wasn't going to get any money. He had to sell to buy because of the when what happened is with Leicester, and this is a cautionary tale for Villa and every other club that wants to challenge the big six. Leicester got had some success. And to reward the players for that success, better contracts, paying out more and transfer fees. So their revenue was rising. Sorry, their, their expenditure was rising. Their revenue was was rising also. And then COVID hit and it just stopped. It was a ceiling for, for their revenue. So they suddenly, because their expenditure was still going up, they got to the 85% uh, FFP for... Um, you know, obviously, got to get some in trouble with the with the Premier League, but it wasn't the Premier League they were worried about. It was the UEFA uh, FFP uh, regulations, which had been changed to seventy percent, and they were already put on UEFA's watch list for breaking FFP. So, and their aspiration, and they put it in their annual accounts every year, was to challenge for Europe, to qualify for Europe every year, because that's where the revenue is. If you get in the Champions League, your revenue is just. And that obviously, when your 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 revenue increases to that level, you can spend more on transfers and better players and better wages and things like that. So they just COVID really hit them, really hit them hard, and suddenly they had to put the brakes on, and that was the problem. But I think the message from Brendan was very very negative after that. He was saying like, "This isn't the same club that I joined a few years ago." This uh, these a lot of these players, he would he would come out and say things like, "You know, they've reached." the end of the line with us, you know, they're not as good as they think they are and all this lot. And I think that seeped into the psyche of the club. So they, you know, they, they, they really need somebody to come in with a lot of positivity now uh, and give them a big, big boost. And Dean was excellent to that. John Terry was a great source of inspiration. Although, although the defensive record was awful. I mean, they, they could barely keep a clean sheet. I mean, it took them ages to, I mean, they had one in November against away at West Ham before the world cup. And I think they kept 
one more all season. It was just awful. But it, John was trying to work. But they had eight games. If they were going to make that change, they should have made it much earlier and give Dean Shaky and, and John Terry more time. And I think if they had, they'd still be in the Premier League now. But it's to get back. That's what they need to do is is, is, is a fresh outlook. Somebody who's got uh, new eyes on the situation can assess the squad, change the squad. There's going to be huge changes. Madison's going to go. Harvey Barnes is probably going to go. And Villa have been linked with him as well. He'll cost you a few pennies, by the way. And there's um, quite a few others like Wilfred Ndidi, Timothy Castagna, Dennis Pratt that will probably go as well. So I can see a completely different looking Leicester City side taking a <clears throat> the field at the start of next season when the championship season kicks off the weekend of the 5th of August and it's a quick turnaround so they need to get a wriggle on now get a new manager in and get get to work on the all these player tradings well if we do see Harvey Barnes come through the door then I'll be sure to have you back on <laughs> as as I really enjoy speaking to you today and I, I do think that's all we have time for today I think it's time I jetted off to celebrate an incredible 2022-23 season a massive thank you to Rob for joining me today. It's always a pleasure having him on and you will be sorely missed next season in the match previews. If you do want to check him out on Twitter, it is at Rob Tanner LCFC. If you're new around here, make sure to follow us at 7500 to Halt. I've been Sebastian and thank you for listening. Listener.